This is the Matt Townsend Show. What creates higher trust for you and the people around you? Your guide on the side. And a lot of us end up spending our entire life searching for what we expect instead of what has actually been given to us. Dr. Matt Townsend. Welcome to Matt Townsend Show. I'm Leanna Tan, here to give you some of Matt's best tidbits to help you live healthier, happier lives. Let me start off today with a couple little riddles that I found. The first one is from the movie The Hobbit. You might recognize it. This thing all things devours. Birds, beasts, trees, flowers. Gnaws iron, bites steel, grinds hard stones to meal. Slays kings, ruins town and beats high mountains down. Or how about this one? Without legs, I can crawl. Without wings, I can fly. I am harmless to you, but I'll cause you to die. The answer to both of these riddles is time. And it's true. Time is harmless, yet it's all powerful. It all depends on how you manage it. If you don't control your time, then it will devour you and all the things around you or it will fly by without you having any say in it. So today I want to talk about taming this beast. There's no getting rid of it. It's one of the powers and elements of the universe that will continue to exist. But that doesn't mean that it has to rule you. You can control it and manage it to make it beneficial to you. So I've got a couple of interviews today dealing with this concept of time. And the first one is with Janine Macklin about prioritization. We all have a million things to do in life. So how do we make sure we get the important stuff done? Sometimes the most important things we have to deal with aren't fun. I don't know if you guys have noticed that, but sometimes life isn't fun. Sometimes it's just work. You with me, Skyboy? Yes, I am. Sometimes things are just work and they aren't fun. You're not listening, but you're repeating what I'm saying, which is amazing. That means I'm listening. If I repeat what you say... I have to be listening. No, because you can replay and re- you can just I'll say. Let my, I'll let my actions show you that I was listening, your not act, just my you words. You were yawning. I wasn't yawning at that. And your earlier. eyes were rolling back. <sighs> you were losing consciousness. I can multitask. I'm really good at multitasking. You, I'm good at yawning. Let's ask Janine if that's even true because some people, they, they, they say you can't multitask. Let's ask her. Let's bring her on. Okay, here we're going to bring on Reverend Janine Macklin. She is a widely <laughs> requested speaker. How are you, Janine? great. How are you two? We're doing great. We're trying to figure out if you can multitask. Not you, but humans in general. Do you believe we in that? We think we can. We think we can. Yeah, we really I think, think we can. For the most part, we try and do it, but I don't know what really gets our quality time. Yeah, I, I think that's the key. Because huh? to me, I'm not going to really choose things well, but if something comes up and interrupts me, I'll take it every time. Okay. It, it's sad, yeah, so but it's like the interruption's we- easier for me. Yeah, we think we can. We tell ourselves we can. But like you guys were saying earlier, you can't really multitask no. and have some quality to it. No. Yeah. Like, but you know what? This is what blows my mind. I just drove 2,000 miles. I saw people driving a car with, yeah. I don't know, I, they're probably 3,000 pounds going, mm-hmm. I don't know, 80 miles an hour. I was going right. faster. And um, they're multitasking. They're texting. Yeah. They're, I, saw, I saw a lady making an omelet. Which blew my mind. But they're driving a car really fast across the desert, and they're actually not paying attention. Of all things we should be prioritizing is our driving. Yeah, we're operating a piece of equipment. Yeah, it's crazy. A piece of equipment that could actually kill someone. 
Yeah. So talk and about prioritizing. We have told ourselves and convinced ourselves that we're so good at it. Yeah. That we have split-second yeah. response that we will be able to stop the car fast well, enough. And we also know everything that could happen. We're not oh, yeah. kids. All the possibilities that could happen. <laughs> what is the worst thing that could happen driving a car 80 miles an hour? You I don't know. know. A tire? We kill ourselves. Yeah. Your kid could be choking on a nugget. And you got to get in the back seat and do the Heimlich. But I would probably not even pull over. <laughs> they get in the back seat. Janine, it's messed up. Now, you've written a book. You're going to help us because um, we really need your insight here. You have written a book. You've written two books, Faith the Size of a Mustard Seed and Let's Get You Happy First. But you've been yeah. a social worker. You're a licensed clinical social worker. You're a reverend. You um, are the leader and the founder of the of Living in the Light Ministry, a spiritual community. By the way, if you want to go check out Janine's website, I highly recommend it. But you got to know how to spell her name because Janine, oh, yeah. your parents did a number on you on this one, didn't they? Didn't they, Matt? <laughs> Janine, J. <laughs> All the time I was growing up, I, I thought bet. the same thing. What did people say? How did they th- just say they know how to spell it? They'll say, "Tell me your name." And then I tell them, they say, oh, spell your last name. I'm like, really? You think you know how to spell my You have no idea how to spell my first first name is J-E-N-E-N-N-E, like Janine, J-E-N-E-N-N-E, Macklin, M-A-C-K-L-I-N, J-E-N-E-N-N-E, Macklin.com. But check out our site, really, because it's got a lot of great stuff on it. Janine, talk about prioritizing with us. What... What's the big deal? I mean, why is it so hard for us to stay focused on what we say is important to us? You know, I don't know that it's really that hard. It's like you were saying about the distractions. You know, distractions come, and we just kind of float away with whatever comes. So if we don't have a clarity about our vision, if we don't have a sense of where it is that we're heading, you know, where we're going, then it's like the least little thing can come along, and we'll say, oh, okay, I'll, I'll do that. Or, okay, well, maybe I'll do that. And we lose our focus. Yeah. So if we have a vision, if we have a clear plan, even for a mom with her family, because I think moms are mompreneurs, just like entrepreneurs, yeah. their family is their business. It's their company. They have to manage the money. They have to take care of the bills. They have to manage the attitudes. They have to manage the staff, so to speak, the yeah. people who wash the dishes and clean the You've got to fire people. You've got to fire people. You've got to give people reprimands That's and discipline. Right. You know, moms are doing all of that. So I, I remember saying to a mom, what's the vision for your company? What's the vision for your family? What's the priority for your family? Sure, you can be busy and do a lot of things. The world offers us so many options and so many possibilities, but what's the one or two main priorities? And when you operate from those priorities, it makes it easier to then decide what you're going to do and how you're going to use your time. Well, and let's say you fail miserably at the vision idea you still are doing better than having no vision. Oh, absolutely. I mean, so even just, just a little vision. Yeah. <laughs> I just want us to be able to communicate. I want us to have dinner time together at the table. I want us to, you know, not rush every single place that we go that we have to get to. There's some simple things that you could say about how you want the quality of your life to be that then can govern and dictate, as someone saying earlier, yeah. actions that you take. Yeah, yeah. It's a, uh, it's, I I guess part of this is really truly making, understanding you're an agent in all of this, that you really have a role. Life's just not going to, we're not going to just let life act on us. We're going to go start acting on life. 
that's the choice we get to make. Some yeah. people walking around as if they have a target on their back and life is happening to them. Yeah. So, oh, poor me, oh, looking, I'm just ducking and dodging the targets. Then you have other people who recognize, you know, life happens through me based on kind of what you guys are saying, the thoughts you think, the words you speak, and the actions you either do or do not take. You decide what's going to happen. No, I That's love that. That's a powerful position to be in. To me, life happens that. to me or life happens through me. That is a great right. alliteration. It's funny. We, we really prefer the to me, huh? Because it, it takes all my responsibility away. I'm not responsible You're for good. any of the misery. You're good. Absolutely, See? it takes it away. I can blame it on my mom, my past, my alcoholic father, my abuse. I can blame it on everything else except for me and, and taking that responsibility. Well, and what's wrong with that? I mean, because I mean, really, that's really work, what we're going to blame. Yeah, that's true. That's it, huh? Because if you can't be for the, if you can't be responsible for the bad, you can't oh. be responsible for the good. For the good. I mean, if when that's the key thing, I like that. So when I'm in the driver's seat, when you're in the driver's seat, I get to respons- be responsible for the good, or what we call the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. However, sidebar: How many times do we look at the bad and realize that it actually was for our good? Right. But nonetheless. I get to be responsible for both. But if I'm putting it on everyone else, they get to be responsible for the bad, and then I get to just be responsible for the good things. See, it's wouldn't safe. that be handy? It's comfortable. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's it. I think that comes – don't you think that's the core of the prioritizing problem is to first recognize that you're the source of the change and the problem? Even if you don't cause all your problems, you're the source out. You're the choice maker. That's, that's I mean, it. You can then you can direct yourself to God and to other things, but He still needs us to be agents down here, right? Absolutely, we've been given that power. I mean, that's one of the greatest powers that we have. And although we may not have realized it, because maybe parents were taking care of us, but at some point we became young adults and then full fledged adults. Yeah, that's what we get to do. We are that change on both sides of it. Powerful. On both sides of it. I was saying the other day, we either get to say yes or no. Two powerful words, but you want to always remember, and I want your audience to hear this, whatever you say no to someone else or yes to someone else, you're saying no to yourself. Yeah. You want to be mindful. If you're saying yes to this person, yes, 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 then you're saying no to yourself. And you very well may be saying no to your priorities. Right. And it matters not why you say no, like I had a client in my office today that didn't feel like they could say anything but yes. Mm-hmm. And in the end, okay, you're right. Because of the way you guys have communicated and the, the fact that you fight so much, you felt obligated to always say yes, but inherently you're still saying no to yourself. No to yourself. Yeah. The yes that you're saying to them, you know this since it's your client. It's probably filled and dripping with resentment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's not serving either one of them. It's not pure, right? It's not. It's not serving either one of them. The person who's getting the yes, it just lets them off the hook. And, and deep down, they've got to know you're not in. They know it. You're just complying because of the aggression. Yeah, they know it. Yeah. So nobody gets to be authentic. Nobody gets to stand up in that and really say, well, let's grow up and let's be responsible for the lives that we choose to live. Yeah. Maybe a little different, but it's at least knowing that you get to be the one in the driver's seat. Grow up. I love that. Janine, you just said it. You just Let's just grow up. I, I've been telling my kids that for years. They don't listen. How old are they, Matt? They're 30, 40, and 38. Okay. No. Okay. They're all under 20. But now okay. they're, they're, they're growing up. You know, they're all doing their own thing. But 
it's it's not even just it's every single one of us. I need to grow up. Everyone needs to just grow up and and take a hold of your life and let's start doing something with it. I almost want to say they need to wake up. Sometimes I think yeah. they're in a, a lull to sleep. Yeah. For like little, the show on TV that I haven't ever looked at, but I know the name of it. It's yeah, called right. Zombie. And we're, Z- yeah. <laughs> What's with the zombies? <laughs> that one before, huh? Yeah. It's called Zombie, and people are just walking around in a trance. Well, my mother did it, so I'm going to do it, or my yeah. father did it, I'm going to do it. No one wants to get off that road, off that track. To say, hey, what's over here on this side, and how do I want my life to be, and how can I contribute in a very unique way to the universe, to my life, to my family, to my friends, to my colleagues, to my community? Love it. I mean, really, we don't have to walk like a zombie, be a zombie, brainless followers. Um, The world needs some leaders. The world needs some people to wake up. And the cool thing is, Janine, like, for example, with you, when you wake up, and you probably see this as a reverend and a minister, you end up being able to motivate your congregation to wake up, and they can motivate others to wake up. I mean, it's contagious. Oh, absolutely. It trickles down. And we like it. Mm-hmm. We enjoy it. The, 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 the issue becomes, and I said this for a client the other day, how do we stay consistently focused to it? Because I'm not going to go home with everybody in my congregation. No. All the people that I do my coaching with or whoever I speak to in my audience. So how do they then take that information and integrate it and keep themselves motivated and consistently focused on where they want to go and that joy? I love it. And I then, tapped into something that was already there that's already within them. I didn't give them anything. Yeah, right. When you wake up and know it's within you, then you tap into it as well. So powerful. We are talking with uh, Janine Macklin. You got to go to her website, J E N E N N E, Macklin, M A C K L I N dot com. We'll be right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to BYU Radio. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're talking about some different aspects of time management today. We just heard part of an interview with Matt and Janine Macklin about prioritization and balance in life. One thing they talked about was that you need to take responsibility and realize that if there is a prioritization problem in your life, you are the source of that. You are the agent of your own choices and you can choose how to use your time differently. I like how Matt said that you can decide to either let life happen to you or through you. So I found another interview that goes along with this idea of being aware of your choices and of how you spend your time. I think it's a pretty interesting angle on time management. This next interview is with Krishna Pandyala about overcoming or, I guess, controlling procrastination. Well, we're going to be talking today with Krishna Pendiala. He is an author, sought-after life coach with a critically acclaimed book entitled Beyond the Pig and the Ape, Realizing Success and True Happiness. Krishna has been, for the last 20 years, has been working with individuals and teams at companies such as Boeing, Carnegie Mellon, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and UNESCO, using his simple yet practical framework to, uh, to help us manage our life a little bit better. Krishna, welcome to the program. Thank you, Matt. It's good to have you here. here. We really need you on our team. 
Happy to be on your team. Because we uh, are so far behind at times, we sometimes don't uh, kind of stay on things. Now, as we're talking about procrastination, Krishna, tell me, tell, help us understand why it's so, why it's so prevalent. Why is it as humans that we just put things off so much? Well, uh, coming to how we are all wired, you know, mm-hmm. as we've been, we've survived so many eons, and we've evolved to develop certain survival skills, and these survival skills have kept us alive on this planet, and it's interesting, as you'll see as we go along this program, how these very survival skills will get in the way and sabotage our chances to get things done. So these are kind of just um, subtle, hidden away patterns or skills, I guess, that, that are in our, like our consciousness, our subconscious? What is that? Is that where they're hidden? It's really our instincts. Mm. It's our natural instincts for survival. And uh, pri- our primeval forefathers happened to survive because they learned how to feed and protect themselves. And this desire for feeding and protecting yourself, and, you know, people have it naturally. They don't even have to think about yeah. it. Yeah. That's, that's what happens, because you're not even making rational thought. It's a, you've heard of knee-jerk reaction. Yeah. Most of the times when you avoid something or do something, you don't even know you're doing it. You just, it just happens till it's too late. That's how you realize you're running late, right? Yeah. You consciously say, I am going to go late today. It's almost like you're... Um it's it's like we we haven't ev- we have to you know grow a little bit more evolve a little bit more so we cuz here we sit at this time where we can basically do anything we want become anything we want if we could just overcome some of the scripting that's so natural to us that's really what it is so i like the word you use scripting so another way to say it is your conditioning right yeah conditioning is what uh, you know nurture nature all these things have been uh, shared by so many people. So nature, I'm going to deal with first with nature. Yeah. So nature has made us survive for this many years, both in the wild and today in our modern age where we have all these incredible uh, opportunities. However, we are yet to evolve from some of our primitive knee-jerk reactions to things. And that's really where I think my work points to which is what I call we all own two animals. I okay. call them Get into the that. pig and the ape. So there's two animals that kind of that we own that are part of our identity, handed down through the eons of time, and one of them we you call the pig and one is the ape. And these are the two things that you're saying seem to end up uh, distracting us, occupying us, keeping us from doing maybe what matters most. Exactly. And, uh, you know, one of, in my book, uh, Beyond the Pig and the Ape, as I, I use a term called life space. And life spaces, we all operate in six life spaces, and everything we do can fall into one of these, which is yourself, your spouse, your friends and community, your work, hmm. your money, and your kids. And even if you don't have kids, you deal with them, and you're a kid once. Right, yeah. And how do we make our choices within these life spaces? How do we use our time? I mean, Madison did a phenomenal job kind of putting that three-minute opening together, talking about time. And time for me is a finite entity, 
right? I right. Mean, I, I have tried my <laughs> level best, both as a scientist and a researcher, to make it 28 hours, and I have to say, it's not I happening. haven't succeeded. <laughs> yeah, if you ever figure that out, will you make sure to call me? Yes, I, I will be happy to, but I'm just going to unfortunately concede and say I have given up I can't do doing it. that. So, so it's I, finite. It's not growing. Yes. And, uh, Matt, turning 50 was huge for me because I realized time was going by. And I feel I've entered phase two of my life. Some people re- refer to it as second half. But second half has an assumption that you're going to live to 100, you know? Mm-hmm. We all know that may or may not happen. Most likely it won't. So time has become a lot more precious for me, and I see it very differently, which means every moment I have, I have to be conscious about the choice I make. And that's really what drove me even further to look at procrastination and how easily we fall into it. Yeah, it's, 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 it's so like you're not present, are you? You're not present in the choice. You're just kind of defaulting to your your wiring, your his, your I guess your... What do you call it? Your instinct. Instinct, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Default. I love the word default as well because I mean, you, 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 there's so many examples. You know, when you look at your own personal situation, how often you put off the visit to the doctor mm-hmm. or a dentist or start the exercise program. Right. Right. Yeah. When it comes to your spouse, how often do you find an excuse to avoid doing something, cleaning the house, or helping her get something done? There's always something that gets ahead of it. Yeah. And then when it comes to our friends, walking through the life spaces as we are talking, how maybe we want to go visit an ailing friend, but we always have something that pops up and we say, oh, we'll do it tomorrow. And work is the best place for procrastination because keeping busy is the easiest way to avoid the real work. And I have to say, one of your great professors, late Dr. Covey, yeah. was one of my favorite teachers. I remember him telling this in one of the lectures I attended. I probably attended 10 of his lectures. And there was one where he says there's such a difference between prioritizing your work mm-hmm. and working your priorities. Yeah. I want to stay on that just a little because everybody tells you, prioritize your work, prioritize your work. But really, that's just step one. It's mm-hmm. working your priorities are when you make those advances in life. A lot of people spend a lot of time planning, but no action. Mm-hmm. Some people don't plan and take no action. I'm not going there. But let's talk about those who end up planning a lot, but not necessarily taking action. Yeah. Too much thinking. So these are all planning is sometimes given a lot of credit. Just stopping at the end of plan still gets you no results. That's exactly right. That's a a pretty deadly uh, trap. And they're all just—I guess it's just—they're all just different forms of the same, you know, um, instinctive scripting. They're—they're just—I mean, even if I'm busily planning and never delivering, that's probably a form of pig or ape. Yes, and we're going to get to that. Yeah, that's because huge. I, I wanted to kind of set up the yeah. various scenarios where this thing shows up. And when it comes to our money, that's yet another place, mm-hmm. right? We end up spending more. We delay saving for the rainy day. And Madison already talked about it, about doing taxes. Taxes is a very interesting thing. Even if you're getting money back, you will put it off. Mm-hmm. That it, tells that's crazy. You 
it doesn't make sense, right? I mean, yeah. some people put it off because they're going to have to, they think they end up owing money. Yeah. But there are people who know they're going to get a refund and they'll still put it off because of the work involved, you know? It sounds like it's almost like they're more, I'm too busy working to go save money by doing my taxes. Or to get my money back. It's, it, we, then we compensate with excuses and stories about why we have to work or why we're incapable or why we don't have the time. And, and yet, in the end, like you said, it doesn't matter because you're still not getting it. In fact, uh, one, somebody told me once, I don't remember the attribution, he said, we are not rational people, we are rationalizing people. Mm. Isn't that a great quote? Yeah. yeah, rational would, I guess, demand thinking, right? I mean, it would, de- it would demand some choices, some honest, present choices, I guess. That's right, because you, you said thinking also can be deceptive. Oh, yeah. Okay, because we are the biggest con men for ourselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have such ima- imagination and amazing justification, and we can think through it, and come up with these amazing justifications. So thinking um, is an interesting thing because our mind can cre- usually creates an identity for us, right? right. You, the radio producer, yeah. I, the author, whatever it is, and we start living that identity. And when we start living that identity, we believe that's who we are and not the human being inside. And when we do that, the choices that are made are not necessarily for you. It is for that identity. That's a whole different ball of wax we can get into when we start thinking, because you're really supporting that identity, not really who you are. I love that. Uh, We're talking with uh, Krishna Penyala, the author of Beyond the Pig and the Ape. Now, Krishna, we're going to take a break now. We'll come back. Krishna Penyala, we will be back with him. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show. We're going to blow up. Some of the things that are keeping you from doing what matters most right here on BYU Radio. for sticking with us. I'm Leanna Tan, and this is The Matt Townsend Show. In the last segment before the break, Dr. Krishna Pandyala talked to Matt about why it seems like procrastination is this worldwide epidemic. Why do people almost naturally seem to procrastinate? And he said that it's because our survival skills take over. Our basic needs tend to run our minds. If we don't make a conscious effort to make other choices, then our needs for eating, sleeping, and pleasure will take precedence over other tasks. But he also introduced this concept that time management isn't just about prioritizing your work, but working your priorities. It's not just about planning out your day, but actually taking action. You can write out a perfect, beautiful fitness plan for yourself, but until you actually start working at it, then you're never going to progress. This next segment is where his unique perspective on procrastination really gets interesting. He introduces us to this idea that we all have what he calls a pig and an ape within us. And he's going to teach us what that means. Okay, enlighten us. Now, get into this pig and ape thing. This is fascinating. 
Great. So obviously we all know pigs are not animals known for their self-restraint, right? <laughs> right. They scarf down almost anything in their path, gobbling up as much as they can. And it's been a strategy that's worked really well for them because they have, you know, they've been thriving and have been a successful species. Right. And so have been our ancestors had similar evolution strategies at this pig because back in the day, you didn't know when you, we didn't have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. No, you didn't know when you were going to eat. So when they had a kill, they grabbed and gobbled up as much as they could because it could be two days, three days before the next meal. So they were really omnivorous scavengers. They lived in a world where they compete for food, territory, and security. So yeah. we have that as built in, like you were talking about scripting, man. Yeah. So that's part of us is... That's how we learn to survive, and that's part of us. Get as much as you can, even if it's not good for you. Get that's it. exactly right. So even though things have changed, we build great societies that, have, that are capable of fulfilling our needs much more efficiently and abundantly, our greedy pig is still remained intact. And that's why we call it the greedy pig. So the one impediment to time management is the greedy pig. And I'll tell you how it works, okay. because the, it also happens to be an acronym. This is what I told you before the break. Yep. The IG stands for Pursuing Instant Gratification. Mm. Love it. So not only it's a greedy pig, it wants it right now. <laughs> Hurry. Right? Oh, my heck, this so, sounds like my kids. We all are. We, and I have to say, it's all of us. It's oh, for sure. It's uh, uh, kind of... Uh, you know, spared. They want it. Yeah, we all want it now. We want it immediately. Right. Yep. And everyone's pig is different. You know, some pigs like to buy material things. Some people will go root through the aisles of life for physical thrills, sex, money, easy money, especially. Right. And someone's pig may desire attention, recognition, prestige, so on. But no matter what the inner pig yearns for, the common denominator is that each of us has one, mm -hmm. and unlike its four-legged namesake, it doesn't only go for food, as I mentioned. Right. It'll chase any kind of pleasure, any satisfaction, as long as the reward is close at hand. Even to its own demise. Could be, because it needs to be fulfilled. Yep. Boy, okay? this, and, this is great, because I think everyone out there can relate. You know what I mean? We all feel that. We all see the pig in us. Yep. And even though Hollywood might have made us think about, you know, King Kong and other things as big, bold animals, apes are not really fierce kings of the jungle. Right. They're actually very shy creatures that live in secluded areas and actually avoid confrontation. Hmm. And so even when you watch in the next gorilla movie, notice the moment there is a threat, you'll see the alpha male beating its chest and doing its thing while all the people, all the other apes in the back are scampering away, <laughs> running. Yeah. And so they try to avoid. So the ape is another acronym for not only the animal, but the, to avoid painful experiences. Oh, perfect. So now we have a pig that pursues instant gratification and moves towards pleasure, and we have the ape that wants to avoid painful experiences, which means run away. Yeah. Now, these are very powerful. This is how we manage to reduce the risk in our lives, and that's how we manage to avoid danger. 
And so these are not bad. Both the pig and ape have kept us alive. But as the world changed, as societies developed, they need to kind of be adjusted. And be, we need to be aware that we are wired this way for the tough life. So we have, to, we have to pull back on the pig and maybe push the ape a little bit. It's just really being aware and watchful. And that's why you don't need to lock them up. You don't need to cage them. You don't need to chain them up. All you need to know is be aware that this exists. They're there for a reason. But is this the right time and place mm. to be allowing them to call the shots? Yeah. That's really what it's all about. And you can see how, you know, going to the dentist is the classic one. We'll come up with a great excuse why not to go. Mm. And because, one, you'll have to pay money. It might be painful. And you may end up with bad news. Right. You know? Right. And you don't want to deal with that, so you'll make it tomorrow. So the interesting thing about procrastination is it is one activity where both the pig and the ape are being fed and taken care of simultaneously. Interesting. So think about it. When we procrastinate, we do something we like, right? We do something we like, and we avoid something we don't like. Yeah. So bingo. And you might be selling you might be selling yourself downriver. You're you're losing growth potential opportunity. But you're not being hurt and right. you're having fun whatever you're doing. Yes, exactly. So we're moving towards pleasure and away from pain at the same time. Hmm. And that's what we want in life and that's how we are wired. That's huge. And you're saying you don't even need to, like, go try to control these things and cage them. And you just need to start noticing when they're rearing their heads and, and, and make it like a choice point. Exactly. And that's why the pig and ape come in handy, because they're animals. And for all the, all the people who have either read my book or listened to her talk uh, or uh, have gotten back feedback to me, they say, once now I start seeing these guys showing up all over. Yeah. There goes my pig. And they start smiling, actually, because <laughs> it's almost amusing. Yeah. And that's awareness, right? The yeah. whole thing is about awareness. If you don't, you know, we're we scared of the dark. Right. But once you turn on the light and you say, oh, that's just a closet, not a bottomless pit, you know? Yeah, you don't you need know, to be afraid of it. Just be aware that maybe this is what's leading you right now. And then, and then turn it into a choice. Exactly. So it becomes a conscious choice, not an unconscious choice. Hmm. How do you know what to turn to? So, I mean, when you turn away from the pig or turn away from the ape, don't you also, I mean, it seems like the pig and the ape would also keep us from knowing what we should actually turn to. Exactly. Exactly. So that's a great question, Matt. The main thing is to figure out if it is real or imaginary. So this is why when you talked about thinking, I said thinking can be very Mm -hmm. helpful and can be dangerous. Right. So when you imagine, most of the time fear is imagined. Right. Yeah, I mean, because you haven't experienced it, right? I mean, it's hypothetical. Right. And then if you respond to that imagined fear, because your ape is now trying to call the shot, it it can't tell if it is real or imagined. Mm -hmm. You come up with the same response. So now you you have to have the presence, and I love the fact that you've used that word multiple times today. If you are present, then you can be clear. What is presence? Being here now and clear. Mm-hmm. And then you are able to say, you know what, I'm making this up. 
Yeah. This is not really for real. I'm making this up, and I have no idea if it is for real. I'm fearful that it may happen. What are the chances? And you can have a much more present conversation with yourself. And at the, but at the same time, many times, you don't even have to go that far. The moment you know it, that's the pig acting up, you'll know what to do. It's almost like, yeah, it's the minute you see, I mean, it's funny. The minute you see the pig, it it just creates this clarity that you're like, okay, well, yeah, we don't want that. Yeah. It, it, you don't even, it's like you need a 10-step plan to go stop it. You just need to notice it. Oh, I'm so glad you said what you did. The 10-step plan is what more, what I call recipe book approach to solving problems. Yeah. And nobody has the time or the energy to follow a 10-step plan. No. And that's why people go to seminars, take these things, and, you know, three weeks later, they're not using it. Right. You know, they get all excited, nod their head, come out all pumped up, and then because it's got 10 steps and because habits are tough to build, here it's just two animals, big and ape. And, and as soon as you can notice it, I mean, you, you're taking words out of my mouth, Matt. Thank you. Sorry, I almost read no, your book. that helps. That actually helps. That means we are connecting. Yeah. That once you notice it, you, once you know, hey, there's my ape. Love you it. know, and you start smiling and laughing at yourself. I love it. Um, let's can we take? Can you hang around, uh, Krishna, for just a few, like about ten more minutes? I'll be happy to. Let's. I just want to take a break and have you back and and just that, let you give us a little more insight in how to how to be present in this moment. Start recognizing the pig or the ape. We're blowing up this procrastination problem. Trying to get present. You're listening to the Matt Townsend Show. Matt Townsend episode. We're finishing up an interview about procrastination with Krishna Pandyala. In the last segment, he talked about this idea that we all have a pig and an ape inside of us. And pig stands for pursuing instant gratification, while ape stands for avoiding painful experiences. He says that when we're procrastinating, we are feeding both beasts. When we procrastinate, we're usually pursuing something that will instantly give us gratification in order to avoid those tasks or responsibilities that might make us uncomfortable. And I can think of so many examples off the top of my head of when I do this. Like, there is a letter that I need to write a friend of mine that may address some difficult topics. And I know it's going to be a little touchy and hard to do, so I've been putting it off for weeks. Maybe not even super consciously, but I always put it at the bottom of my to-do list, and I've been spending my time instead on planning for, you know, a few Halloween parties I've got going next week because that is fun to me and gives me pleasure. So my pig is coming out because I'm just indulging in the instant gratification of party planning, and my ape is fleeing because I'm avoiding writing that letter, which in the end will probably have a lot more significance in my life than a Halloween party. But Dr. Pandiala said that caging these animals within us isn't really the solution. They don't need to be caged or even sedated necessarily. 
we just need to be aware of them. He says that we need to know that they exist and then we can control them. I mean, is it right for these animals within me to call the shots or do I know what I need to get done? Can I fight my primal instincts to make a higher choice? This last segment of the interview goes a little bit more into this, where Matt and Dr. Pendiala talk about how this knowledge can help us understand ourselves and others better. And I think you make it easier because a lot of times we just sit there, you know, and we get into this, you got to get your planner out and get everything happening and get your planning going and write it. But in the end, there's something, I guess, that transcends it all, which is just being aware like you and I have been doing this for a while. <laughs> well, well, I think we kind of have. We're probably on parallel tracks, except you actually, um, you actually do yours. Well, I, uh, I just talk about mine on radio. No, no. <laughs> Let's come. Let me first come clean here. I belong to this club of procrastinators as well. Is that how you and got I, the insight about all of this? Okay, I call myself a card-carrying life member. <laughs> Get in line. Hey, yeah. I think I'm the I'm the charter president here in the Utah. Uh, group. Fair enough. Chapter need to president. The, yeah, but as I said, even with all this insight, I still struggle with it quite a bit. But the beauty is I catch it. and I catch it as it happens. And in fact, I have a little game that I'm playing. If I catch it during the act, I give myself two points. If I catch it after the fact, one point. Oh, excellent. Uh, if I catch it before, three points. What if your wife catches it for you? Uh, she gets 10 points. <laughs> <laughs> you can't let her in. Don't let her win. She can keep counting that. I like that idea because then you're kind of incentivizing yourself to be to be getting faster or better at being aware in the moment. Yeah, absolutely, because most of the time we don't even catch it, and that's zero. Mm-mm. So if you can catch it before, it, it it's all about fun, okay? I mean, we've talked about many people have used the word uh, awareness, mm-hmm. mindfulness, so on and so forth, and most of them deal with laborious practices. Right. This is much more of a game, you know, yeah. spotting, spotting these creatures, trying to get in and muck with you, you know? Yeah, fine. The pig, the pig is the pursuing instant gratification. That's that animal inside of you that wants it now, it wants it its way, it wants it fast. And then there's the ape, which you call the avoiding painful experiences. That's kind of the elusive one. Uh, that seems to always be on the run. Yep, uh, wants you to avoid things. And yeah. both the pig and the ape are aspects of what scientists call the limbic system of our brain, a primitive part that seems believed to be very old in evolutionary terms. Hmm. So therefore, to live a full and happy life in today's world, we have to adjust from that primitive state. We must learn, I think you said it too, limit the roles we unconsciously allow these animal natures to play. Yeah. I think that's huge. being aware of them. It requires just being aware of them. And when you see it and spot them, and I've had people 70 years old, and I can tell you stories about these two ladies who uh, read my book. One was talking to the other and said, I had to go to my daughter's house, and, um, you know, the kids were throwing throwing stuff around, and I had to clean up and so on. So she, one of the, the other lady asked her, why didn't you tell the deal with it, with the, with your daughter? And she said, well, I don't want to deal with it. She goes, ape. <laughs> What'd you call me? And then she started, they started getting mad at <laughs> no, each other. Both of them had read it, so they started laughing, and yeah. that's the point. That it, is it, powerful. 
they just started laughing, and that's what happened. And I have children, seven, yeah. eight, basically going, oh, there goes my pig. Yeah. But see, what's the so powerful? The moment they catch it, they don't get all worked up. The right. tantrum kind of calms down because they know the pig is running the show. Right. Well, and it also must help you to see it in others because then you almost don't have to be. It's not like they're doing it to be offensive and rude. Someone's not being a pig to spite you. They're being a pig, I guess, in spite of their own values, right? I mean, so I can I can actually use this to handle how other people are being around me. You said two, you said many things in that great set of statements you made, Matt. One is. Sure enough, it's easy, my, a lot easier to spot it in others once you know it. Yeah, absolutely. That's a whole other story. Yeah. But the key thing, I really like what you said. You can now start to better understand. In fact, a friend of mine said, people don't do things to spite you. Mm-hmm. They just do it to take care of themselves. Mm. Yeah. And which would be a pig. Or an ape. Or an ape. Yep. I mean, you're doing yeah. it to avoid something, right. not necessarily because they don't want to help you. Yeah. In fact, most people don't really care enough to differentiate whether it's you or them. They just... And we think, because, again, our own egos will think that they're trying to be offensive to us. Right. That's our issue. Yeah. But most of the time, they're just taking care of themselves. They're big and ape are running the show. Yeah. When we uh, when we were reading your book and kind of going through it in our pre- our pre show meeting, we read the story about the bill your bill story with the mills ready to eat. <laughs> Can you just tell that to people and kind of put that in context? Okay, this is a, actually a friend of mine back twenty years ago. He hated ROTC, and yeah. but he he wanted to be part of it because of the scholarship, so on. He hated going to the. <laughs> Uh, uh, weekend. Yeah, like yeah, he had to go out on. Yeah, carry the heavy weight. So he was rebelling it the whole time. So they used to give these hamburgers that look like a cookie, and you poured, you open it out of a packet. They're called meals ready to eat. Yeah, and so you put them in a piece of, you know, on a bowl, and pour some water, and it kind of swells up Expands. and kind of becomes this hamburger. Yeah, and it looked miserable. It tasted miserable. So one day he said, you know what, I'm not going through all this, and he just ate it like a cookie. And he ate a couple of them. And interestingly, he, he was laughing about it, too, when he told me what happened was this uh, this dehydrated hamburger went into his stomach and started sucking up all the fluids. It expanded. And uh, I think he had to uh, he had to be taken to the hospital. Oh man! For treatment. So there you go. It's a quick fix. We're trying to do things, avoid something, avoid the unpleasantness. We make the move, and then here we get the results. The consequences most of the time are not and favorable. Right. But you don't even know what you did. Now you kind of can tell when you make. There are times when you know this is this is one of the things, Matt. I'm going to share. Yeah. Let's say you know it's your pig. Mm-hmm. And you do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. You can't yeah. help it. Yeah. That's okay, because you know what? When the consequence shows up, you fully know why it happened. Yeah, and you can you own it. You anybody else. Yeah, I, I, I actually, I really believe if you're going to do something that's not good for you anyway, it would be better to make it a conscious choice. <laughs> that, I mean, so like you're, then you own it. You can own your own demise. You can own your own whatever. But most of us just aren't even that present to make the decision that way. That, and 
I think as a nation, we are now at a place where we want somebody else to fix it for us. Yeah, we want a, we want a zookeeper. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. We want somebody to come in and start running the pigs and the apes. And uh, so, but which, but which that, in the end would give up our choice, and then would give up your progress or your ability to, I guess, to 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 improve. Absolutely, I think what you're doing is you're missing your shot at life. Mm-hmm. You're shot at fulfilling fulfilling your dreams, whether it's the dreams for your family, your finances, you know, yeah, whatever it may be. But that's what you'll be missing when you give up that power of choice because the only power you have is really the power of choice yeah right and I totally agree when we play a game you can sit on the bench or you can be on the field and it, most of us have played some sport i know at least for me it's a whole lot more fun being on the field than sitting on the bench oh yeah have you noticed that um kind of on the game metaphor i guess what makes the game fun is when you're in the game um have you ever noticed though that you know these two person, these two. Uh, I don't, uh, what are we calling these profiles? The pig or the ape? They they also seem to be kind of focused on present or, or past and future. So it seems like they're always kind of occupying two spaces, but never the present. They they're always worried about what they didn't get that they're running from, or what they want to get that they're running to. Wow. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And in fact, that's why when Madison says the past is history, the future is a mystery, and you know, only the pre- it's, that's why it's called the present, because yeah. the present is the gift. So what happens is, and this is where you're coming back to thinking, because when you brought thinking, I said, Matt. Yeah, you corrected me. About a lot of this, that you added the third dimension. I normally only deal with the pig and the ape because they're very easy to keep track of. Yeah. But really, there's a third drive here, which is our ego. Mm. And the ego, which is our identity that our mind created for us. I'm not a Freudian guy, so I don't know what he meant by it. But all I can tell you is like the way the Greeks used it is it's an identity that our mind created for us, like I was referring to a little while ago. Right. So that identity can only survive in the past or in the future. It cannot survive in the present. Because it's not real. It's not really who you are in the present. Exactly. So yeah. it looks at the past, and past can get you either, uh, you know, regret or a sense of accomplishment. And the future typically gets us either anxiety or hope. Yeah. But in the present, really, most things are not too bad. Mm-mm. And and those that are are usually untested. You mm-hmm. know, what I mean, like we're, so we're then in the future, or we're actually in the past because we're not. We haven't actually tested that idea yet, mm-hmm. which is what you just taught us. See? Well, Krishna, we I, can learn. Well, uh, I'm trying to make it simple and fun because one of the things I've noticed is nobody likes lectures. No. No, they don't. Nobody they, likes these 10-step recipes, no. which look good, feel good while you hear it. Right. But how long does it stick? Is there, What is the stickiness? That's right. You have that. So, and so the real test is if the pig and ape sticks, but at least for the last year and a half, I've got very good uh, responses in terms of how, as I mentioned, 7 through 70. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I got a, a phone call from a gentleman, 91 years old, hmm. who read the book and said how much it mattered to him. Isn't that powerful? I mean, and so you, and we're we should all be changing till we're ninety one. We should all be learning and being present and getting. You know, I mean, that'll never end. 
That's huge. Absolutely. So, Krishna, um, a couple things. We uh, can you? Well, let's start with this. If they want to find your book, they can go to Krishna Pendula. Dot com, which is K-R-I-S-H-N-A-P-E-N-D-Y-A-L-A.com. Is that the best place to get the book? Actually, that place gives you a lot of free information about the book, and there's a link to Amazon, so the easiest place really is Amazon. Amazon. Beyond the Pig and the Ape. That's pretty much all you need to know. Pig and Ape, Krishna, and you're there. Pig and ape and Amazon, you're there. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. Now, as we wrap it up, Krishna, give us uh, give us the one thing. We have about a minute, but what's the one thing that is the big thing? So if we could remember one thing from what you taught us today, what would you say that is? Know that you own both of these characters. They're not bad. They can be very useful for you. When the opportunity is real, they can mislead you when it's imagined. And the whole idea for you is to become aware of them and also beware of them. Mm. Yeah. And once you spot them, people tell me that they know what's going on and many times start smiling. This playful awareness will help you catch yourself and have a moment of truth and then make the right choice. Love That's it. why it's so simple. There's no multiple steps. There's no theory behind it. That's it. It's simple. And effective. Appreciate it. Krishna Pandyala, so appreciate it. Everybody, go check out uh, this great work, Beyond the Pig and the Ape, Realizing Success and True Happiness. Go to Amazon. And uh, we're going to have to have you back on, Krishna, because this was a fun show for me. Great. And uh, I think uh, I had sent a book for yes. away as well. Yes. In fact, I'm going to read it. I was going to give it away to people, but the pig <laughs> in me says no. <laughs> great. <laughs> Krishna, Krishna, thank you so much. Some really great insights today. I really like how they made this concept of procrastination more dynamic by introducing a third identity of ego. I liked it when Dr. Pendyala said that ego comes into play with making decisions and procrastination, and that ego is just an identity that our minds have created for ourselves, and then it can never live in the present. That's one thing I learned about ego. It's It can only survive in the past or in the future. In the past either brings up grief or achievement, and the future either brings up anxiety or hope. But the present perhaps isn't as chaotic as we tend to think of it if we can just manage our time in the moment. I like it. Remember, time is harmless, but it is all-powerful. It's something we've got to learn to tame or we won't have it anymore. Well, thanks for listening to today's episode, everyone. I'm Liana Tan, bringing you the best tidbits to help you live healthier, happier lives. Join me again next time for another episode of Matt Townsend. 